1: and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
2: Well, hello, friend. It's time to get frosty. Oh, hey, Chester. (laughs) Listen, you gotta hear this one. So a guy in a fancy suit walks into a bar with an alligator on a leash, right? So he goes to the bartender. You guys serve lawyers here? Well, we sure do, says the bartender. Great, the guy says. I'll have a beer, and my gator will have a lawyer. (laughs) Isn't that... Hmm. No sense of humor, these damn amphibians. Oh, well. Can't all be zingers. Come on in, friend. Have yourself a seat. I'll just be a second. Hmm. Ooh. That's always better, baby. So tonight, we've got part two of this book right here. You can even get your own copy on Amazon. All you gotta do is look up Frozen Souls by DJ Montano. Mon- Montano. No, oh, it's Montano. There's a tilde. Montano. DJ Montano. There we go. Well, who gets everything perfect on the first try, right? Aside from me, I mean. Because I'm pleased to report there were absolutely no comments at all on YouTube criticizing my British and Scottish accents last week. I mean, not even a peep. I mean, there might have been one or two comments saying something or another. But they were probably bots, right? Damn bots. Worse than amphibians. <laughs> oh well. So smoke them if you got them and drink those glasses to the bottom, friends because old Drew Blood has a tale to tell. Hmm. This is Season 1, Episode 11 of Drew Blood. Hmm. You're listening to the standard edition of this program. Hmm. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy air-free versions of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating all the way back to 2012, Hmm. visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu and sign up today. You'll get instant access from my friends at Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your support. And by the way, we're accepting submissions. You got a story or two you'd like to be featured on this show? Mm -hmm. Send it to DrewBloodHalver at Mm gmail.com. If selected, mm, you can pet my goat. Mm -hmm. And you'll get the full treatment, baby. Mm -hmm. In the words of Paul J. McSorley, let's get after it. And since there's been plenty of cods wallop already, I'll spare you further mucking about. From author David Montano, I present to you... Ooh, the titillating conclusion
3: of Frozen Souls. Chapter 4. Snowflakes. Sprinting down the street, pop still clutched in my hand clinging to the shadows to keep Jack's shadow figures from anchoring to me, the moonlit cobblestone street where Arthur had to scramble for his life seen miles away. The next protective patch of shadows lay on the other side, and Margaret was pinned down by the hunter shadows a few paces away. Should I save her? She has most of the blame for the death of Oscar. She saved me, though, twice. Fine. I'll grab her and duck into the shadows, but after that, She is on her own. I made a mad dash across the road and straight for her. The shadows mirrored each other in anguish with their hands on the sides of their heads screaming. I extended my arms to pull her free of her paralyzed state. Grabbing her by the elbow, I pulled her with me, and as her feet began moving, a terrible ripping sound accompanied it. Looking back as we ran, I saw the shadows fall flat on their butts. The figure I had been talking to came around the corner and cleared the same distance in half the time. He reached out for Margaret's shadow, half of his deformed shadowy head still missing. I yanked at her wrist and had just managed to get her head into the shade of the buildings before he grabbed her. Do you truly believe you can escape? Jack's mouth ran vertically along the reforming edge of his head. The wound looked like a mass of small black spiders crawling all over each other and layer in themselves to build up his head. The repair process looked to be arduous and slow. Hundreds of glossy black worms seemed to writhe their slimy bodies just below the skin, or whatever he had. A sploosh of liquid hit the street as Margaret's stomach ejected its contents at this sight. You can't latch onto us right now, and I presume you cannot join until you are old again. Is that a fair assumption? I sneered. Gritting the zipper of teeth that ran down the side of his face, he mumbled something. The hunched-over girl spat out the remnants of vomit and wiped her mouth with the back of her hand.
1: <laughs> what now, jackass? It's right, you know. We'll have to make it over one more intersection and halfway down the street, which are both completely illuminated by the moon, you don'ts.
3: She scoffed. Well, you stay here and wait to die because I don't feel like finding out what Jack is doing that for, I said, pointing at him. Jack's head rolled back. The chanting became more pronounced, but none of it made sense. I've never heard an incantation before, but that's what one would sound like to me. I yelled, trying to be heard over the triad of dark voices. Margaret simply nodded and waited for me to make the next move. I turned up the street to make a final sprint for home when I noticed rather large snowflakes began falling. Each was the size of a tea saucer and fell so gracefully. I had never beheld such a sight in my life. Each had an intricate crystalline pattern unique to the flake. Dead bodies sprung up from the spot when they reached the ground. With a chain fastened to one ankle A mixture of male and female bodies floated in the air with vacant white eyes, pale blue skin, and drab clothing. There were young and old and everything in between floating here, each with terror etched into the face. The creatures swayed as though they were under the ocean, moving with the ebb and flow of the waves. Every single listless pair of eyes stared at me, waiting for my next move. A legion of voices spoke as one. There is no escape. I jumped back and almost lost my footing on a patch of ice behind me. We have all vol- met our demise at the hands of so- Jack Frost. hope abandon- abandon- no- all ye located here. The timing and flat monotone cadence chilled the very marrow of my bones. I could feel my jugular vein pulsating faster than ever.
1: I was playing hide and go fetch when Jack grabbed me by the ankle and began freezing me.
3: A small girl in pigtails with chunks of flesh missing from her hands and face mused as she floated just in front of me. Jack Frost grabbed me right after I left the pub. I stumbled across the street and tripped on the gutter curb. He grabbed me by the neck and started dragging me into an alley. Said a strapping young man of about 17 or 18, dressed in a fine charcoal gray suit that looked like a bear had attacked him in it. Indents of fingers remained around his throat from where he had been grabbed. A dozen more spoke at once, each reciting the moment of their death with little to no emotion. As they talked, more and more bodies would pop up and begin speaking straight away. Soon there were four dozen, then a hundred, then two hundred, until all were relaying their brutal deaths in a loud tangled racket. I crept along the wall, hoping these apparitions were just that and could not touch me. His hand felt felt like like the the bite of of a python. When with hundreds, hundreds of, of teeth, teeth digging into, into my flesh, the floating spirit said in unison now. The ice creeps over you like a parthorn's mouth. The teeth creep over you, meticulously inching forward and driving through your skin like hundreds of red-hot sewing needles. My mind was fracturing as I listened to the harmonious horror coming from each mingled maw. searing pain filled our last moments as the ice devoured our body and soul, the floating mob said. You can sit here on your fat
1: bum if you would like, but I'll be leaving you here,
3: I said, glancing over at Margaret.
1: Are you daft? What kind of madness makes you believe I'm staying here?
3: She scowled as she folded her arms. I rolled my eyes and looked for the most direct route to the other side of the street and hoped to God that the floating corpses wouldn't attack as we ran past them. The corpse army began to chant. Thousands of white, glowing eyes focused directly on us. The creeping eyes will devour yours too.
2: It will, it will devour, devour you toe. It, it will devour, devour you too.
3: As they reached a deafening crescendo, the lamented carcasses began flailing around and writhing in agony. A cacophony of wailing bludgeoned our senses like a sledgehammer. I could feel the air vibrating prickling my skin in waves of goose flesh. I opened one clenched eye and pointed myself in the right direction. Stay behind me, I turned and shouted, but the meager sound of my voice barely approached a whisper compared to what surrounded us. Thankfully, Margaret nodded and grasped the back of my coat in her hand. I craned my head forward to see Jack leering at me and licking the front of his teeth with a violet shadow tongue. I gripped a pipe with all the strength my scrawny arms could muster. Every ounce of willpower I had went into my swing and nearly took me off my feet. He ducked, not wanting to lose his head a second time. It brought me great joy to see the grotesque smile melt in disgust in quick order. When the pipe met with his left knee, given the snowball-crushing feeling, I knew this was our only opportunity. His lower leg dissolved into thin air, and he fell, clutching his thigh. I ran like a horse from the master's whip, slipping past the chained spirits as quick as I could.
2: Get them!
3: Jack shouted in a malevolent and hate-filled tone. An old man swiped at us, and I swung the pipe at and shattered his chain. Instead of attacking me, he rose towards heaven, fleeing his eternal torment with all haste. He shot me a wink and a smile before he faded out of sight. I began shattering every shackle I could hit in stride. One by one, the freed souls rose in the air while others just beyond my reach begged to be freed as well. Guilt filled my stomach with a nauseating churning and I began reaching for more and more people.
1: What in the bloody hell are you doing?
3: Margaret yanked at my coat.
1: What? I said,
3: confused.
1: If you keep this up, we're going to join them. Forget them and run, damn it!
3: I stopped and yanked her hand free of my coat. She looked bewildered like she had watched a squirrel juggle acorns and didn't know what to make of it. Are you that
1: big of a bitch that you don't give two shits about anyone but yourself?
3: Her face flushed crimson and her jaw went slack.
1: How dare you? Who do you think you are, kid?
3: She moved to slap me, but a ragged, translucent hand caught her wrist.
1: Ollie, my name is
3: Ollie, Damn Dammit. I know I've told it to you, and I know you know it. I've lived three houses down from you for two years. Crying out as frost began forming around the apparition's grasp, the hand was smaller than hers. The apparition clamped down like a vice. The chain anchoring the specter to the street jingled musically as Margaret thrashed and struggled to break the grip confining her.
1: Help me, Ollie. (laughs) Please get me home and I'll get you whatever you want. I just want to be home with my mom and dad.
3: Tears streamed down her face and genuine terror filled her lucent sapphire eyes.
1: Will you let him grab your tits if he can free you?
3: A child's voice cut in. Margaret looked back, mortified. The small hand locked on her wrist belonged to Oscar.
1: Ollie, I don't want to hurt you, so please don't make me. Just let me deal with this gutter snipe, and we will help you kill Jack. The tips of her fingers turned black while we discussed her future, or the
3: lack thereof.
1: Please, I just want to get onto my couch in the corner. I don't want to die.
3: Margaret whimpered and pleaded for her life as the frostbite climbing up her fingers had almost reached her palm.
1: You think I was ready to die?
3: Oscar screeched in his young, high-pitched voice.
1: I begged for my brother's help. And you made him ignore me. You persuaded him to choose some dumb girl over his blood. No. Suffering as one of Jack's victims is too good for the likes of you. I'm going to send you to hell to die a thousand slow, agonizing deaths, in a thousand different ways.
3: The temperature around Oscar was dropping quickly. The dark wave of dying flesh spread faster. Even if I stopped him, she would be getting measured for a coffin in the morning. Oscar, this isn't... I started taking a step towards him.
1: Shut it, Ollie!
3: He pushed me away with his free hand, and for a split second, all of his pain and fear shot through me like a bolt of
1: lightning. She stole my brother from me, and she lets me freeze to death in a pond. She deserves this.
3: Oscar lurched at her neck, mouth wide, to ensure his bite got the most flesh possible. His teeth sank in deep, and her blood-curdling scream pierced my ears and halted everything at that moment we were at the center of the universe at that moment he wrapped his arms and legs around her pulling her against him apparitions nearby realized the situation and reached for margaret finding living flesh to warm their frigid souls violent uncontrollable shivers seized her and her eyes darted whenever a new hand grabbed hold of her
1: Why aren't you saving me, kid?
3: She asked through chattering teeth. Tears welled up and froze on her pale cheek before they could fall. I think it takes a very cold person to ignore a child's cries for help. Not only did you disregard Oscar's begging for his life, but you convinced Arthur too as well. I could forgive the crap way you've treated me, but... Maybe now you understand what he went through, and just what you did that day. It is too late to save her now. This stain will be on me and my soul, but I think I can live with that. I lowered my head and turned my back to her, waiting for the gnashing of teeth and clawing sounds to stop.
0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: Oscar's voice was light and bouncy. I turned to see so many hues of red, pink, and crimson splashed all over his face, hands, and the ground where Margaret had just been standing. I strained not to show fear or disgust, worrying that he might feel that I was judging him. And turning on me next yes oscar i asked painting a smile on my face
1: we are ready to help you kill jack we are the source of his power free as many of us as possible and we will enter you and become your power in the interest of full honesty it is going to hurt like bloody hell
3: looking back across the street I spied the familiar snowy vortex, and deduced that Jack was nearly finished pulling the three shadow cells together. He would have his physical body soon, so I ran. Chapter 5 Blizzard I was swinging the pipe frantically, shattering every chain I could reach, trying to gain as many allies as I could sudden from my panicking heart in my chest began increasing in both pace and intensity. Half expecting the spirits would all flee rather than face the monster that killed them and the whole thing could be a ruse just to set them free. They pleasantly surprised me. They didn't. Each tormented soul floating stayed there, with glossy-eyed, vacant expressions as though they remained shackled to the earth. The vortex around Jack began creating a vacuum sucking in the souls nearest to him. The catatonic wraith's eyes grew wide with terror and recognition. Skeletal feet were clambering over the faces of other apparitions desperate to flee. Toes plunged into eye sockets and eyeballs burst in wet pops. Bony claw-like hands were raking at legs and backs, tearing through the skin like shears through ribbon. Screaming burst from mouths as the closest reached for any anchor they could find to damn anyone else and get further from their tormentor. It was as though each was reliving their deaths, and the struggle as it had been before was mostly in vain. Wailing and shrieking combined with gale-force winds to create a force of nature so frightening I pissed down my pant leg. The torrent of snow blew apart. and Jack stood there in the guise of an 11 year old boy. Every fiber of my being tingled and it felt as though I was standing before a giant waiting to be crushed in one blow. His eyes glowed like a cat in a dark alley. Beautiful and brightening and cerulean crescents threatened to paralyze me where I stood. A feral grin spread widely across his face drool dripping down over his quivering lip. He stood slouched forward, head cocked sideways, arms dangling from their sockets limp. His feet shuffled towards me, and the lifeless arms swung like pendulums with each labored step. He accelerated like a locomotive, struggling to get started, but once he gained momentum and traction, stopping him was going to take a massive force. His eyes locked on mine like the great golden eagles that patrol the forests and grasslands beyond the town limits. Like a hare, I looked for the quickest den of safety, but I could find none. He is going to kill me. I should run! My thoughts ran on a loop over and over in my mind. He covered the vast distance between us in huge chunks, but everything appeared to be moving as if time had slowed somehow. Glancing over at Oscar and the other ghosts, I believe they must have cold feet about the potential of facing their executioner. This would be my end, and it would be justice for letting Margaret get devoured. From ten feet away, he leaped at me, arms out and fingers ready to hook into my flesh. His eyes were wide and mouth wide and ready. He was the predator and I was the prey. This was nature's way, and he, a force of nature, was at the top of the ladder. I closed my eyes and breathed in my last breath, hoping it would end quickly. A bitter, cold rush of air slammed against me, knocking the wind from my lungs. I kept my eyes clenched, but heaved in my next breath and felt rigid, swirling nothingness pour into me. Sadness, despair, loneliness, and an intense, unrelenting fear there was so much fear it was like funneling a raging waterfall into my open mouth my heart broke over and over it broke it overcame me with raw emotion and i felt i could cry enough to fill the english channel i noticed growling and howling somewhere off in the distance curiosity beckoned me to look And wary of what awaited me, I opened my eyes to find myself encircled by my snowy vortex. Jack's eyes never left my face as he paced back and forth outside the swirling shield, clawing and probing for any weakness to get in. The tormented souls broke away from the vortex and flew straight into my open maw. Each recent addition sent a ripple through my soul, and I experienced every terrible event of their life compressed into seconds before the next entered me. I wasn't sure which was going to shatter first, my mind or my body. Each one felt like it was in the full sprint trying to outpace each other. I can only describe the sensation as though I was holding onto a pair of red hot pokers and unable to release them. As I was about to give in to the pain, the last half dozen bolted into me simultaneously and I felt my eyes roll back in the sockets they sat in. The concussive force from the energy sent a shockwave out in all directions, blowing Jack off his feet. Jack rebounded to his feet with amazing quickness and took a moment to examine the figure that stood before him. My eyes slid back to their normal location and slowly gained focus. It won't be enough, you know. The paltry few inside you can't hope to match me, mate, Jack said with a sneer. I wouldn't get my trousers on it, Jack. Jack. The voices inside me spoke as one. My legs moved forward, and quickly I realized I was not the director of these movements. Hey, Oscar. What in the bloody hell is going on? Nothing came from my lips when I spoke. It just echoed like being in a great empty hall. Why can't I control my body? A wall of faces appeared in front of me wherever I resided inside myself. They were sewn together like some tattered quilt of sorrow, each owning a set of hollow, white eyes.
0: Sorry, Sorry to have deceived you only,
3: but we needed your vessel. Each hideous pair of frozen blue lips moved in time with each other. We have seized control of your body? You shall either destroy, Jack, or become one of us if we cannot. Just stay out of the way, Ollie. There's nothing you can do to help. And just like that, the candles illuminating the face wall vanished, and they plunged me into darkness. I wandered in the darkness, looking for a way to reclaim control of my body. As I drifted, my senses picked up every step, every punch given and taken the sensation akin to being a blindfolded puppet and the marionette pulling the strings from the inside. I strode forward, meter by meter, unable to confirm I was even headed in the right direction. When I got tired of walking and the toll of the battle wore on me, I halted my incessant trekking. Lifting my shirt and taking inventory of the fresh bruising, scratches, and bloody gashes, I decided this might be a good place to take a seat. Unhinging my knees, my fanny fell faster than I had planned and hit the ground with a meaty thud. A numbing burn filled my airway, pulling in deep gulps of air while my heart galloped along in a quick step. Something is wrong. Something is very, very wrong. I cannot just sit here waiting to freeze to death like Arthur or get devoured like Margaret. Closing my eyes, I focused on seeing through my bodily eyes. The wall of invaders stood between me and my sight, straining to peek through any sliver or crack possible without alerting them to my presence, but a soft glow was all that existed beyond my captors. Pain lanced through my neck in waves, and I could see the soft glow getting further away. Struggling to maintain the ground I had gained, I dug my feet and hands into the hard black slab I stood upon. The black void around me offered little aid, and I could feel my neck freezing in a powerful grip. Am I about to die as a passenger in my own body? The thought astounded me. This is my bloody body, damn it! Standing before me was the viral infestation of souls that had oppressed me. Listen up, I shouted. You are all bloody awful at this, and you're getting my ass kicked. So you have two options. One... Lend me your power and help me try to beat Jack. Two, get the hell out of me. My name is Oliver, and this is my body. Ollie, Oscar steps forward. No, no more Ollie. No more quiet kid that drifts through life and allows everyone to shit on him. My name is Oliver. You will listen, or you will leave. The spirits had a moment of hesitation as they looked at each other but they finally cleared a path. All at once, I was back in control of my body and came to with Jack's hands wrapped around my neck, freezing me as agonizingly slow as he could. A crazed lunatic sat perched in his eyes. There would be no redemption story for Jack, no turning him back to a time before his family gave up on loving him. All power is yours to use, a voice reverberated from the end of some tunnel in my mind. I closed my eyes with the singular thought of making an icicle in my hand. Accepting your fate? Ready to become part of my collection and fuel my powers? The frozen soul that had once been just a human child spoke with a perverse fiendish countenance. The ice creeping across my skin dumped a flurry of emotion straight into my brain. Loneliness, betrayal, vengeance, and rage to name a few but I had nothing to feel betrayed or vengeful about. My parents were shite for sure, but I never felt I needed to get revenge on them for just being buggers. The ice had spread to my shoulders and my fingers tingled. These feelings aren't yours. They are his. The inner voice of me spoke up once again. Can you put emotions into the ice? Hurling that thought at them with full force. Of course you can. Why do you think you felt all our pain and fear when we entered you? Walter has memory. i could store memory as well. They retorted as though I were a simpleton. I redoubled my efforts, flooding my body with every ounce of love and acceptance I could muster. Accepting my parents despite their many shortcomings. Loving my aunt and uncle for giving me a place to come home. And understanding how challenging it must be. I pour my love out for every bully and neighborhood tough who picked on me, put me in trash cans, and ridiculed me with steadfast resolve. They toughened me and strengthened me for this moment without knowing it. And for that, I am grateful. I now know the reason for the lot life dealt with me. It was to put an end to this boogeyman in front of me. A wave rippled down my arm and the solid icicle exploded into my right hand out of thin air. A faint iridescent shimmer passed through it, sending a chill up my arm. I looked into the demonically contorted face and saw it was void of compassion, love, and all traces of humanity. It was at that moment that I realized all of those traits are what separate us. Without them, we are nothing more than a savage, snarling beast. We become driven by trivial desires like revenge or rage, trying to inflict the very pain we feel on others who have never wronged us. The ice crept further down my arms, quickly approaching my elbow. It had to be done, and right quick. Summoning every scrap of willpower I had left, I gripped the icicle with both hands and drove it into the center of his abdomen. A bestial cry leaped out of his throat, and after whipping his head back in pain, he looked down to see the eyeshar driven into him. A vacuous sucking sensation swirled inside my arm through the dagger. Everything I was feeling was being injected into Jack. He clawed at his wound and then at his face. The amount of love and acceptance flooding him threatened to destroy his psyche. Panic erased the look of superiority that had been there since he had arrived. He flexed his power and pushed everything into overdrive. The ice coat in my body increased its speed despite my best efforts to slow it. Unless he cracked from the emotional assault bombarding him, I would be frozen solid within the next minute or two. Using my hands and arms was no longer possible. Locked in place like an ice sculpture from the waist up, my siege, however, continued, surging like a river, overflowing its banks. And yet, I was still losing ground. A large shiver rolled up my ice-coated spine when my twig and berries froze over. And despite feeling it, my body remained motionless. There was no time, no time at all. He would soon overtake me, and I would be dead. The ice was spreading up my chest and my neck and it looked like the top of my head and toes would finish freezing at the same time. My heart pounded against the frozen cage around me, and my lungs burned with frostbite. I would be an apparition to Jack, never free or able to feel love or pleasure again. Such a hell to endure for any soul would be terrible. But we were just kids, dammit. Kids who were fresh in the ways of life. We didn't get enough time to laugh, cry, fight, shit. We didn't even get to grow old enough to have a first love. The ice approached the bottom of my jaw and a small crystal flower bloomed in my throat. Wait, that's it. (laughs) Chapter six, a warm spell. (laughs) I love you, Jack. I screamed with every fiber of my being. Crunching sounds informed me that the ice shell that had been coating my body fissured in several small places. I love you, Jack. I love you so much. I yelled over and over and over, my voice growing hoarse from the action. Jack began howling like a wolf with a paw caught in a bear trap. He tore his hands away from me and planted his palms fast and firm against his ears. Still skewered on the icicle, he wiggled, akin to a worm on the hook. I turned my voice inside and flooded the frozen path into his being with the message. Visible cracks formed on the ice coating me, and I fought to move the thawing muscles within me. No, 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 shut up! No! Damn it, kid! Shut your mouth! Jack wiggled and writhed under the overwhelming weight of the incantation. (sighs) You don't love me, kid! You don't even know me! His eyes bulged and pure lunacy seized his voice. You're just some good-for-nothing little shit. Those parents don't love him either. How can you spew that load of bollocks? Chains chimed in wild patterns off in the distance, giving the empty streets a haunting melody. Gaining some movement in my extremities, I had him backed into a corner and didn't want to lose the chance I may have. I love you because I know how you have suffered, Jack. I love you because we share some of the same pain. Don't you see, Jack? We are brothers. I love you, brother. No! Jack's shrill scream erupted from his shriveling frame. The remaining spirits anchored all around us began thrashing in violent fits and a cacophony of child and adolescent screams rose to meet the magnitude of their tormentor. The visible ice coat in my body had all but melted, giving me a full range of motion again. I moved to gain leverage, icicles piercing his chest, sending jolts of pain through my limbs. I imagined it's what being struck by a great thunderbolt must feel comparable to. The powerful predator who stalked his prey up in urban cities and rural outcropping, Feeding off the pain and suffering of others, withered away at the very thing he wanted from his parents for years. He curled into the fetal position around the ice skewer. A chain restraining a nearby ghost blew apart, sending bits of shrapnel ricocheting off buildings and whizzing past my head, close enough to ruffle my hair. One by one, shackles detonated, freeing the tormented and bombarding my ears with the continuous volley of explosions. I expected them to make haste and flee while they had the opportunity. However, that's not what happened. Each soul fixed their gaze on Jack, and all hell broke loose. Spirits dove at Jack, like many crazed vultures, attempting to rend strips of flesh from his body. The ferocity of the attacks as two, three, and even four of the tormented rapes swooped down simultaneously. They squabbled and argued over whom had inflicted the most damage, and most important, pain. Each one stating their case as though they were the obvious victor. You didn't even leave a bloody mark on him, one spirit remarked to another. Of course I did, you dunce. Where do you think the blood under my nails came from? The other said taken aback by the comment. Both of you idiots are worthless. Look at this nice bit of flesh all ripped off the back of his shoulder, interrupted an older teen spirit with a mangled mouth of teeth jutting in all directions. It's a miracle the insides of his lips weren't cut up and raw. Then again, ghost teeth probably don't cut up the inside of ghost lips. The horde of victims was no longer afraid of Jack and had risen against their murderer making a grand sport of his suffering. Standing center stage in a twisted production about the balance between life, death, and the afterlife, I viewed the scene as a spectator instead of the hero. The key elements were here, betrayal, revenge, tyranny, graveling for mercy, and unseating the ruthless monarch. It was a scene fit for a Shakespearean drama and filled my soul with a vile, nauseating concoction. My stomach wrenched, and I felt the warm digestive juices rising in my throat. Turning my head, I spewed my guts in the gutter with a great heave. Wiping my mouth dry with my free hand, I found the commotion quieted, and everyone's attention locked on me. Do you not see how disgusting we are? Even in the afterlife? You all have the chance to be free? and fly to heaven, but you'd rather take part in the very pain you experienced before your deaths. You would rather torment than forgive and lead to your eternal happiness. We are all born with wickedness inside of us. Whether we give in to it or worse, delight in it, speaks to the measure of who we are. Get out of here, the lot of you. Fly on to your eternal reward and pray that God is more merciful than you have been when given the chance. One by one, the malicious looks faded away from their eyes and the icy hate that gripped their hearts melted away. As they floated off to their eternal reward, I could feel Jack's strength dwindle to a trifle of what it had been. I had won the battle. Jack would soon wither away into nothingness. The spirits inside me found peace, knowing their tormentor was finished. The icicle disappeared from my hand, dropping the frigid soul skewered on it to the cobblestone. Each soul inside me took flight with a wave and joy filling their being. Oscar was the last to go. He embraced me, not in a physical hug, but in what I can only describe as a cocoon of love and appreciation. And with tears welling up, he turned and left for paradise. Weezing and trembling, Jack lay curled up at my feet, mumbling some sort of gibberish. (sighs) Well, looks like the end of the line, old chap, I said, still catching my breath and hoping my heart would return to its normal pace soon. Lifting my foot to step on his throat required more effort than it should have, and I was sure the opposite knee would buckle soon. It's not... All your fault you turned out to sway Jack. However, I have the chance to slay a monster and save innocent lives. And that's an opportunity a bloke only gets once in a life. My foot landed on his throat with a squelch jarred from his open mouth. The muscles in his throat strained against my foot, and I felt them moving and writhing like a mass of worms. Dear God, forgive me for destroying one of your children, but I truly believe it's for the good of so many more souls. Please, look upon Jack with pity and find it in your heart to forgive him and the wickedness he's caused. Coughing and choking echoed in the empty street. I could feel the bones in his neck cracking, and I had to resist the urge to yank my foot off out of pure disgust. <laughs> I beg your mercy on him, Lord. My foot hit the road with a quick thud. <laughs> Plead for your soul, not mine, Ollie. <laughs> Chapter 7 Ice Age. My shadow said, staring up at me. I tried to turn my head to look down, but my body had seized in place. Looks like there's still plenty of tracks in front of me, old chap. His toothy grin almost glowed on the shadow face resting on a cobblestone street. The moon bathed the stretch of road where the battle met its conclusion. Clouds were scarce, and I stood locked in place, swallowing this jagged pill. I missed my chance, and I blew it. Jack won. Take heart, Ollie. I'm not going to kill you, he said with a sneer. You're not, I mumbled through the teeth of my locked jaw. Evans, no, you're going to be my puppet. I'm going to take a holiday inside of you whilst I build up my strength. Hell, if I like it enough, I'll stay for good. His shadow form peeled up from the ground, standing a few centimeters away from my face, his frigid breath washing over my face, sending chills through me in all directions. I'll just keep flooding you with love and... Till you melt away or flee my body I retorted in a muddled croak you're full of shit Ollie. you can't keep it up all day every day enough talking i think it's time we became flatmates his smile dissolved and spread out like a drop of ink soaking in a piece of parchment the shadow took on this oily slickness as it liquefied in front of me With the shadow still anchoring itself to my body, he began prying my mouth open and pouring himself into me. The slimy black liquid maneuvered its way down my throat. My body was straining with everything I had left to avoid swallowing him, but to no avail. Give in to your sadness, your sorrow, your despair. This wicked world is doomed, Ollie. Allow me to become the dark of you. There is a seed within you, and I will nurture it and help it grow. Mankind will fall. They are greedy, irresponsible, and all-consuming monsters. They poison all the good things in the world, and we, Need to be their end. Jack's voice echoed inside me. It felt like I was throwing up on myself. My chest was burning, begging me to breathe in and replace the spent oxygen contained within. My mind thrashed around, screaming back at Jack. I will do everything I can to save this selfish world. You may win this battle and become the dark in me, but I will do my best to shine an everlasting light on you. The darkness only has power when the candle flame flickers out. My chest convulsed, trying to restrain my lungs, not wanting to inhale a large cup of Jack's shadow body. After what seemed an eternity, the greasy fluid's tail finally slithered down my throat. Jack was inside me. He has been there for the past seven years. I had to write the full account of my tale as I am wanted by Scotland Yard for his murders when controlling my body. I fight to keep him suppressed, but my periods of control are becoming fewer and fewer while growing shorter in duration each time. He is growing stronger, and soon Jack Frost and his power will consume me, and I will be resigned to a prisoner A spectator forced to watch the heinous actions my body carries out under the control of a monster. There is little left for me as I write this. My mind is fractured beyond repair and is dangerously close to shattering. His voice is always there, droning on and on. Even when I sleep, I can hear his perverse lullaby playing on an eternal loop. I'll be nipped at your nose I'll be freezing off your toes A shiver and some terror let you know Jack Frost is here If you try to turn around When you hear my icy sound I'm sure to catch your stare And then you know, Jack Frost is here.
2: And that was "Frozen Souls" by David Montano. A good reminder that our very existence is fueled by the struggle between love and despair, or at the very least a reminder to dig your long underwear out of the drawer. Old man Winter, no matter how old or young he is, waits for no one. A little about the author. DJ Montano is a huge fan of all things horror related. He was drawn to the works of Edgar Allan Poe from a young age. Horror games like Silent Hill fueled his love for terror. He found writing through the suggestion of his wonderful wife and could not imagine his life without either of them. He'd also like to shout out his cover designer for Frozen Souls, David, (laughs) Uh, hang on, David Shilaji. You can find the man formerly known as David Montano on Twitter at IntoDarkness49. You can also find him on Facebook as David Montano. There's a few of them on there, but he's the one with the real pretty wife next to him. Now, nothing against the other David Montanos, but let's face the facts. Some fellas' till days are just a little bigger than others. <clears throat> and let me remind you, Frozen Souls is available on Amazon. So if you'd like to support our pal David, grab a copy of Frozen Souls by DJ Montano. Remember what I said about the battle between love and despair earlier? Well, your support is like a brand new pair of long underwear. Not that long underwear is so supportive per se, but the warmth is the important thing. So go ahead and buy a book. I promise you, Santa notices this shit. And do one more thing for me, would you? Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave me a five-star review and a kind word. Every one of these makes a big difference, and I'd really appreciate it, even if you're listening on YouTube. To hear a premium Mad Free edition of tonight's and all our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. You'll find yourself at chillintailsfordarknights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012 including past episodes of this program and all our other shows and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thank you for your time and for supporting our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And remember, we are accepting submissions for this show. If you've got a story or two you'd like to be featured, send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, I'll hand-deliver one of those giant checks to your doorstep, and you'll be the toast of the town, and then I'll read your story on the show. Offer subject to change without notice. Terms and conditions may apply. Giant check offer not guaranteed. Well, I'm afraid this is where we part ways, friends, at least till next time. So grab a drink for the road, but remember to check the treads in those tires. We've got a ways to go before winter is over. So until next week, friends, May the plows tread lightly around your mailbox. May the hailstones fall gently upon your car. And if you're down in my neck of the woods, I guess don't even worry about it. Just make sure you're here next week. Rain, sleet, or snow. Y'all come back now, you hear.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take.